Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Gentlemen, welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Training camp has arrived and we are back on the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster here along with the Athletics Jets reporter Connor Hughes and our producer Marissa Morris. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. We're available everywhere. If you can drop us a five-star review and rating, we love that as well. We're going to get all into the Zach Wilson situation, what all of this stuff means going forward, what happened in the first day of workouts today. Connor was obviously there. Before we get to that, we have to reference, though, the last episode. We're obviously back in our normal places now. Connor in his office, me with my boring white wall behind me. Two hats Um, now. Yeah, two hats. we're, We're on our way. Uh, but last time out, we were at the golf course and it went, well, there was there was some good and bad. If you listen to the show on Apple and Spotify, it sounded great because Marissa did an amazing job of getting rid of the the less great parts. But we had some uh, some heat problems on the golf course, uh, led to some overheating. Uh, so we apologize for that for anybody that tuned in on YouTube. It got better as the episode went along. Hopefully you hung in there. But uh, But guys, we're back and everything should run smoothly today. Yeah, you say we got, I mean, we were eviscerated on YouTube. I mean, there was no, like, I thought at least we had a loyal enough fan. I shouldn't say the fan base and the, the listenership has been ridiculously loyal. Like, it's it's never you guys. You guys all know how this works. You guys all know that if something was a little hiccupy, it was probably because of that. I mean, we have no, with the loyal OG can't wait listeners, there's never a problem. But, like, obviously, when you put something on YouTube, Someone searches for one name, someone does something and SEO Queen Marissa hit, hit you know, kind of gold or, or something like that. And it brings people in and they get their first 10 or 15 seconds and see that it's choppy. And they're like, what the hell is this? Give it up. It's awful. This pro- delete your lives like just absolutely <laughs> awful. And like I went, I was going through, I was like, guys, look, we have been doing this podcast now for like a year and a half the only other time the three of us were in the same place at the same time was my wedding like they like we, we've we, this is the first time we're trying so we were trying something new we were seeing if we couldn't do an on location broadcast to potentially now open up the possibilities of doing a live broadcast from jets camp doing live broadcast before jet games at a bar or a restaurant doing a live broadcast 
each week, whether it's a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. I mean, Marissa's going to be in Cleveland, obviously, but kind of have her remote remote producing while Tim and I are on location. I mean, it was kind of like our first go at trying that. And when you have a first Tim go- Tim is having a baby this fall, just in case you yeah, forgot. Yeah, that's, that's but... a hiccup. Yeah, we, we, yes, we, were, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we have grandiose <laughs> ideas here. So it was, uh, we were trying to figure out how to do it. And I think what was kind of cool was, was setting up a remote broadcast for the very first time. Like that was kind of cool, but also going through the little hiccups and the things that we realized that we're going to need to, to adjust if we want to do that again, like in 90 degree heat, electronics tend to overheat. So we did not have a tent. We are not undercover. Marissa's computer, which is already on the verge of exploding every time we do one of these podcasts in perfect conditions, was literally about to spontaneously combust at any particular second because of how hot it was. So to give you guys a little idea of what was happening, Marissa had taken her computer and was hiding it under the table with ice around it to try to cool it <laughs> off to get it going. So yeah, the first 10, 15 minutes of that first remote podcast from JJ's golf outing were a little difficult, a little tough to get through. But if you fought through with us, you know, obviously it's not how we start, it's how we finish. We got it all ironed out. We got it all working. And, and for the second half of that podcast, it was great. And like I said, I, I had a lot of fun broadcasting live with you guys. Well, we broadcast live all the time, but broadcasting in person with you guys, I thought it was really cool. And, and it's certainly something I think we want to do again moving forward, obviously, when I think all of our lives kind of get a little more uh, regulated. Like, obviously, Tim has the baby here and, and eventually figures out how to, you know, keep keep the child functioning and, and alive and all that because i know there's like a million things you can't do with children yeah so but yeah thank you guys for, for that stuck with us and for the 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 other youtube ones that were ready to to get us you know i don't even know like they wanted us all dead like they were like this is choppy yeah uh, worst prod how do you have four thousand subscribers this is awful my god like, oh, i don't know check the other 45 like streams that are up i think they're pretty good <laughs> The uh, the funny thing is the stream was the exact opposite of our golf game, which started great through five holes oh. and then went to crap. We were Dude, three we were like, under th through five, three under through five, and we finished three under. <laughs> we finished yeah. three under through 18. Yeah we, yeah, we had a little bit of a lull there when that heat started beating down on us and, and the drivers started to disappear and we got in a little bit of problem. We started hot. And that was with Marissa heckling us through the first two holes. Right. Yeah, exactly. The chat's going to start heckling us if we don't get to like, yeah, all right. you know, good, that, good like, that news, job, you know, that's been going around today about, uh, you know, oh, yeah, Zach Wilson. So, all right, let's get to it. Let's get to that. Uh, the Jets have a great percentage of reports this season. I mean, generally speaking, if you have all but one player reporting to training camp on day one. Hey, that's pretty good. Unfortunately, if it's your star rookie quarterback who you have slated in to be the starter week one and have yet to sign anyone else to start week one, that is a problem. So let's start there, Connor. That's going to be a chunk of this podcast is talking about just this situation. Um, I know it's not panic time yet. They haven't done much. They're not even going to be in pads until Saturday. That said... This just feels so Jets-like right now. It's like vintage Jets when I thought we were beyond all that. Yeah, so I, I think the easiest way to discuss this, because it is, like, I, I mean, I'm not kidding you. So Bree and I, before we went on this podcast, we had dinner, and and she's a, a diehard Eagles fan. She's from Philly, so she follows the Eagles. As always. She follows the Jets, Does obviously, loosely. <laughs> I won't let her. I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let Bo Wolf pollute her mind. Okay, no, continue. Yeah, the, chat's yeah. gonna, the chat was on my side. Now they're gonna be like, "All right, let's go." They want to. Yeah, yeah you know, you can't set me thing. off on a tangent. But yeah. like Brie was, <laughs> Brie was like, "We're having dinner," and so she's like, she she follows the Jets because I cover them, and she she knows them like loosely in that regard. But 
so you know we're sitting down there for dinner and she heard me doing the video that we put up on instagram and she goes she's like so she goes where's zach wilson i was like oh he's not signed she's like well, why isn't he unsigned and i'll explain like what i'm just about to explain here and she goes she's like didn't they have a lot of time to work through all this and i was like Yep, they did. It's not like they've been, you know, had, they drafted this guy in April or anything and have had, you know, April, March, June, July, all this kind of crap. You may throw that in the, throw that month in there as well. I mean, they had plenty of time to work through all this. I mean, Joe Burrow, when he was drafted by the Bengals, they knew they were going to draft him. So they worked through all the contract and like the months leading up to the draft. Like they knew that was going to be their guy. So it's it's almost unfathomable that it's uh, it's bad on all fronts. Now, the one person that I do remove from this equation is Zach Wilson, the player, because Zach Wilson, look, he he has an agent like that. Like this is between the agent and it's between the Jets. It is not between Zach Wilson. If it was Zach Wilson, who'd be on the field with all his teammates, he doesn't. I, I can promise you that Zach Wilson doesn't care about payment structure. I can promise you Zach Wilson doesn't care about. Uh, do you think do you think Zach Wilson language? knows what offset language is like if you were like Zach how about, about that offset language yeah yeah I think like, he uh, learned about uh, it when we all started writing about it like I think yeah. that's probably like anyone else like it's just and it, it, it's 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 to take Zach Wilson out of it this is between Jets management Joe Douglas and and Rex Hogan and and this whole like front office and and their their staff that's in charge of putting the numbers together and uh Wilson's agency and Basically, what they are fighting over, and it is—I mean, we can get into why this is just so, so dumb. But well, just first, what, before you dive into the offset language, the thing that makes this even more ridiculous is that the actual money for the contract is yeah. slotted. Like that is but decided. It, we know exactly how much money Zach Wilson is going to get, yes. and yet they can't get this contract done. But agents need to justify their existence because right. agents now need to Zach Wilson's agent. If he can get the Jets to remove offset language, then he can go to his next client and say, hey, the Jets had never removed offset language for anyone before. They did it for me. I did it for Zach Wilson. Guess what I can do for you? I mean, like they need to figure out ways to separate themselves from the competition. So there's a lot out there about payment structure. There's a lot out there about, you know, when payments are going to be deferred year two, year one. That is, yeah, part of it. It's a part of any negotiation, but that is just stuff that you work through. It's not a roadblock. It's not a major obstacle. It's talking points. It's that you want this. Okay, we'll give you this. I give you that. I mean, that that is the very, that is the easiest thing to work through when it comes to negotiating rookie contracts. It, it's not serious. It's nothing anyone's hung up on. What Zach Wilson and the Jets, or when I say Zach Wilson, I mean Zach Wilson's representation. What they are held up on is this thing called offset language. And you probably have heard of offset language because offset language was the cog in Sam Darnold's three-day holdout from Jets training camp. And basically what offset language comes into play, and the only time that offset language comes into play, is when a player has a guaranteed contract like Zach Wilson does because he was the number two pick in the draft. And if the Jets were to cut him before that guaranteed money is paid out. So... Easiest way to describe this is Zach Wilson has a four-year contract. Hypothetically, say he gets $5 million per year, right? The Jets decide after three years, they are going to cut Zach Wilson. So he is still owed $5 million from the Jets. If Zach Wilson goes and signs a $3 million deal after the Jets cut him with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles play $3 million. The Jets play $2 million. That is if offset language is involved in Zach Wilson's contract, okay? 
if there is no offset language involved in Zach Wilson's contract and Zach Wilson is still owed $5 million for the Jets and then signs $3 million, a $3 million deal with the Eagles, Zach Wilson gets $8 million. So it basically allows the player to double dip. So from a player perspective, you do not want offset language. From a team perspective, you do want offset language, right? You do. The irony of this is that by haggling over this, you're basically haggling over the fact that maybe we drafted the wrong guy, which is, Dude, I mean, I know that, but but that's what it almost looks like. It's like, also well, if we cut this grand. guy, yeah, if we cut yeah. this guy in three years because he's a bust and we didn't draft yes. the right guy, then we want to make sure we save a couple million dollars at the other end. It's, it's not just, even a couple terrible. million dollars. It's not yeah. even a couple million dollars. If you are a rookie quarterback that is cut after three years, you are not, you're getting the minimum. Like no team, if there's a reason, if the Jets draft Zach Wilson second overall, which they did, and they're cutting him after three years, he ain't getting two, three, four, five, six million dollars from another team. He's going to get right. like 800 grand or whatever the minimum is at that time. So maybe it is, oops, sorry. Maybe it is 1 million, but it's 1 million because that's what the minimum is. And the salary cap's going to be so high that 1 million is what 500 grand is today. Like it's one of those things. So that's, and it, that's the uh, irrelevant part of it all. In the and NFL, it, sorry, you can go. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go you. ahead. I can. I'm stepping on yeah. you. Go ahead. No, it's fine. So the way that from the the Jets perspective here, right? Because in your mind, you're thinking like you're haggling over nothing, right? Like, okay, the Jets are basically fighting and they don't have Zach Wilson in camp right now over $800,000 to a million because that's what would be offset if they were to cut him. So you're not only talking about we're seeing the worst possible situation three years down the road, but you're also fighting over a million dollars, right? That's kind of like the public perception from why this is dumb for the Jets to just remove offset language, right? That's not the Jets' point of view. From the Jets' point of view, they do not want to let the minority influence the majority. In the NFL, there are only two teams that do not include offset language in their deals. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars and it's the LA Rams. Those are the only two teams in the NFL that do not include offset language. I know it was previously reported that Justin Fields does not have offset language in his contract. That's not true. Justin Fields has partial offset language in his contract. He doesn't have full offset language. He has partial offset language. So for example, like instead of that, you know, it's 50%, like something, it's something along those lines, but it's partial off. So Justin Fields does have offset language. The only two teams that don't are the Rams and the Jaguars. So from the Jets perspective, they do not want to let the minority influence the majority in this. That's why they're sticking to their guns. Also, this isn't necessarily about, from the Jets perspective, Zach Wilson. This is about the precedent that it sets if they remove, um, if they remove offset language from Zach Wilson's contract because Quinn and Williams is going to need a new contract soon. Makai Becton is going to need a new contract soon. All of the free agents that the Jets sign in the coming years are going to receive contracts. When they suddenly start negotiating with the Jets, if the Jets were to remove offset language from Zach Wilson's contract, suddenly Quinn and Williams does not want offset language. Suddenly uh, player next year that they're signing in free agency doesn't want offset language because Zach Wilson doesn't have offset language. You're suddenly not talking about cutting a quarterback at this point, still owing him this. Look at what the Jets did with Tremaine Johnson. Look at what the Jets did with Muhammad Wilkerson. Both of those players had offset language in their contracts. So if they went and signed a $3, 4 $5 million deal where teams say, 
you know what? The Jets just screwed them up. He just needed a new scenery. Here's a two-year, $10 million contract, something along those lines. It can be a substantial amount of money coming through. From the Jets' perspective right now, they do not want to, A, set that new precedent because, again, they are not in the minority in not including or in, in including offset language. 30 of 32 teams have some form of offset language in their contracts. And this isn't a quarterback thing. Mac Jones, who signed with the Patriots, offset language. Fields, offset language. Joe Burrow, who is represented by the same agent who represents Zach Wilson, has offset language in his contract. So from that's the Jets' perspective is like, they're not going to budge on this. Sam Darnold had offset language on his contract. Every single player the Jets have drafted and or signed over the last 10 plus years has had offset language. It's how they work. It's non-negotiable because they are not going to remove it for Zach Wilson to then set the precedent for all future draft picks, future re-signings, and future signings. It's not what they're going to do. Zach Wilson represent again not Zach Wilson the person Zach Wilson's representation sees it as an opportunity to potentially change the narrative that the Jets need Zach Wilson they don't have any options behind Zach Wilson and they think they can push this enough to where the Jets will remove offset language and suddenly that agency looks really freaking good because they got the Jets to take offset language out and it helps them recruit future players and helps them bring future players in what's so stupid about all this is that literally Zach Wilson is not in training camp right now because of offset language that would only be included in his contract if he fails after three years. Like he would have right. to, if, if Zach, offset language is not Zach Wilson's, Zach Wilson's agency's biggest problem if it's coming into play in three years. Like that's just, it's just, it's so mind bogglingly dumb because this kid should be in camp. Every single other rookie after Trey Lance signed today is in training camp, but Zach Wilson. And is it a huge deal, which we're going to talk about in a second? No. I mean, it's a ramp-up period, acclimation period after a four-week vacation. So no, it's really not that big of a deal. But for a team that is trying to turn a corner, for a team that's trying to turn over a new leaf, for a team that's trying to say, look, we got the new coach, the new quarterback, new era, new uniforms. We're a different team. We're not the same old Jets. Your starting quarterback, your rookie, is holding out, and he is the only rookie that's unsigned it looks bad for zach wilson it looks bad for the jets and for a team that's trying to say no 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 not the same old jets it's like what's going on here you know what i mean and, and i don't i don't think i don't think either side is right i don't think either side is wrong in that regard because you know from the jets perspective you know from zach wilson's perspective it's just so dumb that it is july 28th and they haven't figured this shit out yet when he's literally been a jet for how many months now, right? March, April, May, June, July, almost August. So six months, he was drafted in April, so seven months. So how long has kid's been a part of this? This is how long you've known you're going to have to sign him. Everyone else is done. Every other rookie across the entire NFL is done, but Zach Wilson. Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, it's, <laughs> and we're starting a podcast about the Jets after the first day of workouts for training camp. And we're spending 20 minutes be positive, talking man. about be... offset language where we should be yes. celebrating the new the rebirth of this franchise yes. with a new quarterback and a new head coach. It's just oh, it is. I should just have a notepad. My it's in it's not in my office. It's in because I'm in and out of the house for camp because I leave in the morning. My notepad should be filled with things that Zach Wilson did. It should be about when he showed up, how he looked here, who he threw to here. Oh, this connection to Elijah Moore. I've got tracked stats from James Morgan and Mike White. That's what I did today. 
I tracked James Morgan's stats. I tracked Mike White's stats with the starters. I have I have highlights written down of Mike White throwing to Chris Herndon. That's what I did today. That's not what I'm supposed to do. Okay? That's not it. That's not I'm supposed to be watching Zach Wilson in his first practice with the Jets with the the momentum going forward, turning in new leaves. Robert Sala, all gas, no break, all that stuff. Instead, he's the only rookie that is unsigned. Like, we literally spent an entire practice today. Andy Vasquez writes for the record. I was sitting here. He was like, holy shit. We're watching Zach Wilson or Justin or Mike White and James Morgan. That's what we're doing right now. Like, what is – the Jets ran 35 team snaps with those two random – I don't even know what the hell they were doing with all this. Like, one play, like – Morgan's in there, and then all of a sudden Mike White's under center for one play. It's, it was a discombobulated. Well, I don't even know. But we're like sitting there, and I'm like, the Jets ran 35 plays, 22 of them passes. They threw two passes beyond 10 yards. How does it help anyone get better? Like it's 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 ridiculous, man. Well, and it's that really, brings up the really, other the other problem that we're gonna get to, which is why isn't there another veteran in there that's taking up these reps now and at least getting everybody else ready? Um, that's a that's another issue. But you mentioned you know, that it's not panic time yet. And and Sam Darnold had a three-day holdout. Uh, but one thing I thought was interesting that I didn't quite remember that was in your story today was that when Sam Darnold was holding out, he was holding out from a hotel right here, you know, in New Jersey and was able he was to at report. The Ar- he was at the Archer. He was at yeah, where, they he was, are, like where they keep him. Yeah. He was, he was able to report thing. immediately, which sends a good vibe at least that like, hey guys, I'm here. I just can't quite be there yet. Whereas Zach Wilson... Not yet here. I feel like that would be a good move to get on the right side of the country uh, to report one sign. Because when does it become panic? Is it Saturday when pads are on that that we should really be concerned about this? Well, that's the thing is that this is so this is a this is a what about Friday? That's the first fan event. I think Well, you want to know when he's signing, by the way, I can tell you right now the exact day he's going to sign. I know that probably I can probably pinpoint the minute if you give me a second, but he's going to sign on July 31st because July 31st is the only practice that I'm going to miss in like the last five years <laughs> because one of my best friends, Andrew Galecki, Marissa's cousin is getting married in Maine and I have to miss. He's one of my best friends. I can't miss that wedding. So I have to miss two days of training camp, July 31st and August 2nd. The way that my life works is that as Bree and I are getting, we are probably going to be, getting dressed to walk down on the hotel. He's getting married. It's a really nice hotel in Maine. Get, well, probably, I would assume we're going to be walking down and he's going to sign. Yeah, I probably, so July 31st. I would say if you want if you, if you're, you want to put your money on anything on when Zach Wilson's going to sign, not going to be tomorrow when I'm there. It's not going to be the 30th when I'm there. It's going to be either the 31st or August 2nd, the two days that I will not be there. Probably August 2nd. I bet you he gets me through the wedding and he signs when I'm driving six hours home from Maine. I bet you that's when he signs. That's when it's going to happen. You really want to know. Yeah, that sounds about right. But Saturday would be workouts. Friday, you mentioned Marissa. There'll be fans there to see White play. Uh, but as far as the quarterback, I'm sorry, by the way, because those two guys are – I'm not going to say that. That's very mean. Okay, go on. Sorry. There could be somebody else, though, because the Jets have now worked out Josh Johnson. They've worked oh, out yeah, Sean the Mannion. Josh Johnson, eight career starts, last in 2018. Of course, Bucks, Browns, Washington football team. He's got 268 pass attempts. Sean Mannion, two career starts, 74 career pass attempts. I mean, they're not, they still need the veteran eventually, Connor. Those guys aren't the veteran they need either. I mean, what are they going to teach Zach Wilson in the room? Yeah, correct. So, room. Zoom room. room. 
Rum. The, rum. the only Boston accent Tim has. He doesn't say pack the kai. Zum and rum. Zum. Zum. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I do have to give a shout out uh, real quick to, uh, to I, I don't know his last name. Matt's his first name. It's NY, his, his Twitter handle is NYJ underscore Matt. So Josh Johnson played, you guys wouldn't know this. Uh, I don't, or if you do, really kudos to you. Josh Johnson played for the Jets previously. He was on the 2015 Jets competing with Matt Flynn for like that backup job. I believe the Jets brought both Josh Johnson and Matt Flynn in after Gino got his jaw broke by uh, IKN and Polly. So they were both there. So, you know, I saw Josh Johnson's name. I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, I'm 90% sure. So I looked, I was like, yeah, he did play. So I said, I was like, someone's got to run back the I'm coming home highlight tape of Josh Johnson and his, his Jets days. And this guy, NYJ Matt, pieced it together and tweeted it to me. He made it. He made an I'm coming home Josh Johnson Jets <laughs> highlight video. The guy played three preseason games. So big shout out to NYJ Matt. I thought that was great. But uh, yeah, so so when does he have to be back? And, and I think that the big thing to remember here and, and the, the thing to remember here is that this is kind of a two prong disability for the jets and what i mean by that is that this isn't all about zach wilson and i think that's what a lot of people need to remember is that right now like we said it's not a big deal he can miss today honestly he can miss tomorrow on thursday he can miss friday that's the ramp up period that's the acclimation period that's when the jets are kind of getting everyone back back to this thing and everybody get ready to drink rocking and rolling um what when it gets bad is if he's <laughs> What gets bad is if he starts missing the padded practices. That's when it gets bad. But it's not just for Zach. So, yeah, it was really key that he got every first-team rep in OTAs and minicamp. But OTAs and minicamp was also very much an installation period for this offense because, you know, this is the first year that Michael Floor is installing this offense. So it's a learning curve for everyone. It's also the, the first uh, time the defense is learning. So that whole OTAs minicamp, that's an acclimation period. That's an installation period. So, yeah, they were very valuable reps for, for Zach to get. They, they were beneficial, absolutely. It was seeing live reps, all that stuff. But this training camp is when you start preparing for the regular season. Training camp is where you start really gearing up. Every blitz that Wilson sees once the pads come on, it's incredibly valuable. Every rep that he sees is incredibly valuable. Every complete pass is as valuable as the incomplete pass. I mean, this is the time when you really start a developing, but also preparing Wilson for when he's going up against the Panthers in week one. And then eventually sees the, the Falcons and sees the bills and the dolphins. This is where you're preparing him for that. You're throwing wild looks. You're, you're, you're seeing live bullets. Cause remember OTAs and minicamp are padless. So Zach Wilson's never seen an actual live pass rush. This is when you've really got Carl Lawson screaming off the edge and 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 Jabari Zaninga and Bryce Huff and, and Quinton Williams when he's back coming up the middle and getting those practices against. I mean, that's when you're really starting to prep. So Saturday when the pads come on is probably the latest where you can say, okay, it's fine, fine, fine. Now it's a concern is when the pads come on. But every day that Wilson's unsigned, He's not the only one that's impacted by his absence because Joe Douglas made the decision to not add a veteran to this room. And no, we're not we're not going to literally consider Josh Johnson a veteran of these guys. I'm talking like an actual guy that if your starting quarterback goes down, you are confident that that player can step in, fill in and hold the fort down. I'm talking Andy Dalton. I'm talking Colt McCoy. I'm talking Nick Foles. I'm talking a guy that clearly is not your starting quarterback, 
but he's somebody that if he is forced to play, he is either a played before or in limited duty ex- has experience in the NFL where, you know, you're not going to have Luke Falk syndrome when like he steps on the field and it's just a colossal disaster. So because the jets chose not to add that player and the jets chose to go throughout OTAs with just Mike white and James Morgan behind Zach Wilson and mini camp with just Mike white and James Morgan behind Zach Wilson. And now training camp, with just Mike White and James Morgan as your only two other quarterbacks on this roster. When Zach Wilson's not on the field, you are basically playing without a quarterback. Because if Mike White has to play in the regular season, the Jets are beyond effed. If James Morgan has to play in the regular season, the Jets are beyond screwed. They are in such deep shit if either of those guys has to start an NFL game. It is Bad news bears. The Jets can like those players. They can like the idea of developing those players. I like the idea of James Morgan as this team's number three quarterback getting another year to develop and Mike White continuing to develop on the practice squad. I like that idea. I don't like the idea of either of those guys being a backup quarterback. Like, that is bad. So with Zach Wilson not there and you not having competence behind him or a legitimate real backup quarterback behind him, no one else on the offense is getting any better with Mike White and James Morgan in there. No one else on that offense is able to be evaluated with James Morgan and Mike White in there. Like I said, the Jets threw the ball 22 times in practice on Wednesday and twice the ball went beyond 10 yards. You're no longer getting anything out of Corey Davis when all he can run is slants. You're not getting anything out of Elijah Moore when all he can do is run curls. You're not evaluating uh, Chris Herndon, when you're trying to see if he's taking a next step and if he can be your starting tight end and real playmaker, George Kittle type player in this offense, you're not getting a chance to see that with Mike White and James Morgan in there. So for every practice that Zach Wilson misses, you're taking big chunks of development and evaluation away from all of those receivers, all of those running backs, and all of those offensive linemen. On the flip side of that coin, you're also hurting your defense. Because your defense isn't learning shit because they can stop Mike White. Your defense isn't getting any better if they can stop James Morgan. There's a little difference between facing Mike White in practice and Josh Allen when he comes to town. And Matt Ryan when he comes to town. And Deshaun Watson if he plays when he or the Jets go to his town. Like there's a big difference there. So not only is your offense not getting any better, your defense really isn't gaining anything from practice either. So this is just... Again, it goes back to this being so, so silly. Like the fact that he's just not signed and the fact that they haven't been able to work through this and the fact that his agency's keeping him out and the Jets are keeping him out and they're at this butting of heads that is just beyond silly over something that both from Zach Wilson's perspective doesn't really matter and the Jets' perspective doesn't really matter. Like it's just, it's it's beyond me. But is it sound the alarms time yet? No. Is it panic time yet? No. Is the sky falling in Florham Park? No. But if we get to Saturday and the pads come on and the fans for the first time in over a year are able to see the Jets play in person and the player that they get to see under center is Mike White, yeah, we got a problem. That's when you got a problem. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right. So before we move on to other notes, I just kind of one more question about the, the Jets and the Zach Wilson situation. And that is, as you talk to other players, Connor, with, you know, throughout the days, have you gotten a vibe from other players that there's any frustration or is it just kind of like, you know what, we're all here to get money and get the best contract and good for Zach? That's what no. And, and that's what made when Le'Veon um when Le'Veon Bell was with the Steelers and he, I think this was when he held out the entire year or maybe there was, did he miss a portion of the year and come back once I can't, when he was, when he was dealing with all that contract stuff with the jets or with the Steelers, I'm sorry. There was a huge storyline out of Pittsburgh because a number of the players on the Steelers roster spoke out on bell and was, ba- and were basically like, where the hell are you? You got to get back. And the one golden rule in the NFL is you do not talk about another player's money. You do not put your hand in another man's wallet. This is a business. And when a player is trying to get his and a player is trying to get his money and a player is trying to take care of his family and a lot of his family's family for a very long time, potentially for the rest of their lives, you do not speak on that at all. That is the golden rule. And I think the only time that I can honestly remember that rule being broken is is with the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell a couple of years ago. So no, I mean you, you said like Corey Davis spoke today and said, uh, you know, like you can't. He, he was like somebody asked about developing chemistry with Wilson. He goes, well, you know, you can't develop chemistry when you're not here. But then he immediately made reference to how they worked out on their own, and he immediately made reference to how you know he's still trying to take care of himself and will be good when he gets back there. So it's not a huge that no the the players all know this. Obviously, the players want him here. Players are going to want him here even more if they keep seeing Mike White and James Morgan throw passes <laughs> in practice. But like they, they will know, like they, they know that he's taking care of his, and he'll be here when he go, when he'll be here. And there, there's no because eventually every single one of these players is either going to have to negotiate a new contract or a second contract, and they're going to get slapped in the face. But I mean, you just saw what the the Instagram post that Xavier Howard put out, or Xavier Howard put out there about like, look, I, I, I've been doing everything the right way, and now. I'm one of the best corners in the league and I'm not even the highest paid corner on my team. Like what the hell? And he said, it's a business. I realize it's a business and, and no. So there will be no players speaking out. There will be no players texting like, dude, you need to get here. None of that stuff. This is business and, and players uh, respect that and, and understand that. You know, who's excited about Mike White, this inexperienced secondary that we're terrified to see <laughs> yeah. play. They're, they're excited. All right. So let's move on a little more other than Zach Wilson. Um, Injuries, that's always a part of this, right? Marcus May passed his physical. That's great news. Uh, As far as the pup list goes now, Quinn and Williams, Kyle Phillips, Ashton Davis, Vinny Curry on the pup non-football injury list. Those guys are going to miss week one, I guess, Davis and Curry. But what about Quinn and Williams and and where he's at? Because you look at those names and that's obviously the big one. Yeah, so I think it was actually 
largely positive news for the Jets. Obviously, the two bad ones that, that they got were, as you mentioned, was Ashton Davis and Finney Curry. And Ashton Davis is still dealing with the injury that he suffered last year. So it's just taking time to heal. It's taking time to rehab. And and he sounds like, like uh, Sala said, he, he's not going to be ready until the regular season. I think week two is the earliest they can activate him and things like that. So uh, Ashton Davis is sidelined. Finney Curry apparently had a, a, a procedure done during this break, which is also because he practiced all throughout OTAs and minicamp. So he had some procedure that is going to sideline him um, throughout uh the, the throughout training camp, obviously, and, and the preseason and, and the first game there or the regular season. So they'll eventually be back, but they're not. Uh, Quinn and Williams, Salas said, the Jets are just taking a slower approach with him. So he hurt his foot, if you guys remember that. I mean, it was actually shortly after his wedding because there were all these like, oh, did he hurt it dancing, blah, blah, blah. Somebody just went through a wedding. I can tell you that would be very hard to do to hurt your foot at the wedding, although I took my own bumps and bruises that night. Um, but they like, I, I think that with Quinn and the Jets and Salah said, you're going to – they're taking a very slow and cautious approach with him. So I think the the one little, like, I kind of went, huh, on it was when Salah said they don't want to have happen to the other foot what happened to this one. So they don't want to risk the injury, which I was like, that sounds weird. Like that you're Well, maybe because he, he would favor it, right? If the yeah, one's okay, not 100%, yeah, so he would favor, maybe yeah, favor so, it. They said they basically don't want the same injury to happen to the other foot, and then suddenly he's out for half of the season and all that stuff. So they're taking a slower approach. However, he will be back before the regular season. Uh, Salah said he didn't want to jinx saying he'll definitely play week one, but the expectation is that he will be back for those joint practices against the Packers in a couple of weeks, and then he'll also play in that preseason game against the Packers. So Quinton Williams is progressing. The Jets are liking what he's doing, his conditioning and all that stuff. They just don't want to rush him back right now. They rather make sure that he's 100% for the regular season because that defensive line obviously is going to be pretty important for uh, the success of this defense and a team as a whole. And Makai Becton, who missed so much time during the summer, he's back out there too. That's a big plus for this team. Yeah, pun intended. And I mean um, big. Oh, yeah. By the way, we saw – so the cool thing is, is, man, like the last two days we've had in-person access. And – I said this to Bree when I got home. I haven't talked to, on the record, a player or coach in person since the 2019 NFL Combine. Like that, it's been that long because, you know, in February, a month later is when the world shut down because of COVID. So there was no OTAs, mini camp, training camp last year. There was no locker room or, or access to coaches. I mean, Gase would sometimes come over to the sideline and talk to us, but there was no recorders out, podium, player talking, none of that. So to, be back in training camp talking to players and talking to coaches and setting up one-on-ones and all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's awesome, but it's also like so weird that like it's back and cool and all that stuff. So um, we actually got the chance to talk to Makai Becton for the first time in person and hold the dude's huge. I mean, he made the the podium that he was standing behind look like a toothpick. I mean, it was, it was just, I mean, it basically was holding the podium. Like I would hold an iPad. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous how big that guy is, but the big thing about him is that while the Jets say they didn't give him a number, Mekhi Becton said he showed up at the number the Jets wanted him to show up at. He said he's 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 been doing additional conditioning. He's been eating right. He's been doing all these things. So he's in really good shape. I think with him, and the big thing to watch with him is just sustainability and durability in that, yeah, he's healthy right now, but will he be healthy a week from now? Will he be healthy two weeks from now? Will he be healthy three weeks from now? Because that's a really big key in all this. Because with Becton, the wild and, and craziest stat I really know, aside from all of the crazy offensive stats you can dig up, 
he played less snaps last season than Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold missed like a month and a game with the shoulder injuries. So while Becton started games, he would start a game, then he would leave. Then he'd be back, then he'd leave. Then he'd come out. I mean, he just wasn't reliable enough as a rookie. And he said this year, you know, last year he thought he was good. He wants to be great this year. Well, for him to be great, he has to be on the field for now a full 17 games. And for that, he needs to be healthy for a full 17 games. And so it's a very good sign that he is healthy now. But that foot injury that he had, it does tend to linger. So I like that he was on the field today. I like he's going to be on the field tomorrow. But it's going to be about consistently and continually seeing him on there with that offensive line. Because we got a glimpse today of how good that group can be when they're all firing all cinders. When you have Mekhi Beck in the left tackle, Vera Tucker at left guard, Connor McGovern at center, Ben, Ro- ben Roten at right guard, and then Morgan Moses at right tackle. There was a play during the second set of team drills where Vera Tucker took Foley Fatukasi as a really good player, pushed him five yards right, and Becton sealed off Carl Lawson to the left, and Tevin Coleman ran through a massive gap, a, a hole that I have not seen in a good long time since covering the Jets and got all the way to the second level before he was even touched. And no, there's no contact. No, it's not full contact. No, the pads aren't on. But still, to see that blocking lane created in the first real practice Becton and Vera Tucker have had together was really cool to see. And to know that's the potential of that group, it's positive. And if Vera Tucker and Becton develop as the Jets hope, it has the chance to be an elite-level offensive line. But it's only the potential to be an elite-level offensive line if all those guys are on the field together at the same time. And that's hard to happen when your big all-pro potential potential left tackle is off the field with injuries. So Becton's weight's good. Becton's in good shape. Becton's healthy. But he needs to stay that way. And the only way you're going to tell if he's going to stay that way is through time. you got to see him get through training camp, see him get through the preseason, and see him get through the regular season to know that, okay – some of those durability concerns that arose when he was a rookie are, are truly in the past and just a year of bad luck. Yeah, when we had the bingo board going late last year when there was nothing else to do with this Jets team, uh, two spots, one of the spots was Mekhi Becton leaves game with injury, and then there was another spot, Mekhi Becton comes back into the game from injury just because it it seemed like it happened so often. Yeah. Off to the you know, locker room and then back in he would come. The room, the um, locker room. <laughs> That's the new bingo board. <laughs> it's literally your only room. Act. Like I wish you did room. like act. Like you had a. I wish you had a. Yeah. Full. So what? So you're from Boston, obviously, but like where in Boston is that accent? Like what? Where do you that's, have to go? Yeah, that's like you know in the city, and then you know you think like uh, South Shore, or you know I was I'm just a little further out, but I will say that there's people in my family that definitely park the car and all that i think part of it is that i went to to yeah yeah so i went to for those who don't know i went to syracuse which is you know central new york well i know people know that but not everybody knows (laughs) i went to syracuse um but central new york has like there's no real accent if anything it's kind of like a midwestern accent when you get up to to the syracuse area so i think spending four years there and having you know professors say well if you want to work anywhere other than boston you should probably not talk (laughs) like that you know, it, I, I managed to break through. But as you said, it comes back. It also comes back when I drink. But <laughs> that's that's another story. It's another story. It's a story for uh, after hours. All right. I think one one more uh, one more thing I'd like to touch on is you talk about first team and second teams. And obviously, it's just the first day of camp and lots of things can change. But two guys that were with the second team unit today, Denzel Mims, who all summer long was with the second unit, and Chris Herndon, who is officially, I guess, second unit material right now. Are they sending a message to Chris Herndon that, hey, man, we've given you plenty of rope and 
you know, now's the time. Yeah, it's so yeah, so we can I'll I'll read them off because I know that's something that that Jet fans are are very, very interested in always. And again, like I, I talked to Jared with the Jets about this because I, I tweeted about the second team receivers and he was like, Well, that's a violation of the policy. So you guys okay. have to fill in the blanks. See this here. this whole policy thing, yeah. Yeah, so I, I can say who's working with the first team. I can't say the right. positions that they're playing. So when the Jets went out there with their first team offense, their first team offense was Mackay Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker, Connor McGovern, Greg Van Roten, Morgan Moses. Uh, reminder that George Fant is currently on the COVID list. He has co- true COVID. Like it's not like you know there was. It's a he has COVID. Uh, Keelan Cole, Jamison Crowder, Corey Davis, Tyler Croft, Mike White, and Michael Carter. Uh, on defense, and you can flip the one guy in and the one guy out when you're talking about nickel defense and uh, and base defense. They had Coley, uh, Carl Lawson, Foley Fatukasi, Sheldon Rankins, John Franklin Myers, Lamar Jackson, who was in because Bryce Hall's uh, wife is having a baby, Bless Austin, Jared Davis, C.J. Mosley, uh, Hamsa Narzaldeen, which I need – I'm actually have a one-on-one with him soon, so I need to ask him how do you pronounce your name. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, Marcus May, and Javelin Gidry. Um, so – I tweeted that out, and the immediate thing that was sent to me by about 75 million Jet fans was Denzel Mims question mark. Where is Mims question mark? Don't you mean Mims mm-hmm. question mark? What about Mims? Where is Mims? So Denzel has this hype behind him, and Denzel Mims has this attention behind him because he was the second round pick, right? Keelan Cole is is kind of like that second tier free agent signing, got four or five million, whatever it was, but he's not like the big name. It's Denzel Mims, Denzel Mims. They remember the impressive catch that he had against the Chargers and the nice one that he made against the Chiefs and the, and the big gains and his ability to stretch the field and that forget the game where he caught like the slant and had a nice little 20 yard gain, something like that. The fact is, is that Denzel Mims was a player that was perfectly suited for Adam Gase's offense because what Adam Gase wanted was guys that were linear players that could stretch the field deep and then were fast enough to take the top off the defense, which Obviously begs the question of why the hell did you let Robbie Anderson go? But that's the type of receiver that he wanted. This offense that Mike LaFleur is going to run is different. He wants route runners. He wants guys that are going to make the catch in space and then create another 10 to 15 yards after the catch. Think about Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. He wants players like that because he wants to run a carbon copy of Kyle Shanahan's offense that he runs in San Francisco. Denzel Mims, in my opinion, probably is not drafted by the Jets last year if Michael Floor is their offensive coordinator because he's just not a great fit for this scheme. So he needs to prove to this coaching staff that he deserves to be on the field. He needs to prove to this coaching staff that he deserves to be one of this team's starting receivers. He had that stomach bug throughout OTAs, which cost him time, but he has not shown in mini camper OTAs that he should be on the field above Keelan Cole. The Jets genuinely really like Keelan Cole. They love his speed. They love his yards after catch ability. They love him as a player. Joe Douglas tried to trade for him the last two years unsuccessfully. So when he was a free agent, he was one of the guys that he prioritized going out there and signing. So he's very, very, very well liked both by the coaching staff and the front office. The Jets love Jamison Crowder in the slot. Corey Davis is obviously their starter. And then they have Keelan Cole. Denzel Mims right now is the team's second string receiver. He's the backup behind Keelan Cole. We saw series in OTAs and minicamp where even when the Jets brought in their second unit and and Keelan Cole was out or Corey Davis was out and Denzel Mims still didn't work in. And I can tell you having watched throughout OTAs and minicamp and now this first practice of training camp, 
Mims hasn't done anything that makes me say he should be on the field. I mean, he dropped three passes today. He dropped one in individual drills and two in team drills. Like he's not doing anything with his route running to create separation. His hands, which were supposed to be that, you know, he could high point the ball and go up there and get it. Haven't exactly shined through. And the one thing that I would, I would also say about Mims and to remember about Mims is that yes, Joe Douglas drafted him, but Joe Douglas had a chance to draft him earlier than what he did. The Jets were sitting there in that round with Denzel Mims on the clock, and they chose to trade back. So instead of drafting Denzel Mims, they chose to trade back and risk not drafting Denzel Mims. And obviously, he was still there when they picked again, so they had, they claimed him and they picked him up. But that is is something that I would I would keep in my mind as well. And the one thing that I will say, though, with all that is that I, I honestly believe that when all is said and done, the Jets' starting three receivers are going to be Keelan Cole, Corey Davis, and Jamison Crowder with Elijah Moore working in there just as much as Crowder because he's he'll work outside, he'll work inside, they'll use him in the backfield, they'll use him everywhere. But you're going to see Mims used because this you Jets now have somebody running their offense that I would say the Jets – are going to they're going to have someone running their offense that will finally use everyone to their strengths. So they're going to use Denzel Mims with the things Mims does well, which is linear contested catches go deep. Goal but, line, right? Wouldn't he be great on the goal line? Yeah, yeah, we saw that in, in minicamp. He, he ran a goal yeah. line fade and caught a touchdown. But I don't think he's going to be this team starter and he's done nothing to show me that he's going to be this team starter. He is with the second team offense. He's not with the second rotating with the first. He is the second team outside receiver. He's not pushing Keelan Cole for reps. He's certainly not pushing Corey Davis for reps. He doesn't play in the slot. And if anyone's going to get first team reps to spell Keelan Cole or Corey Davis, it's going to be the rookie Elijah Moore. So uh, Denzel Mims is going to have a role with the Jets. They're going to use him for the things that he does well with his strengths and weaknesses. But it's not, I don't think it's going to be as a starter. And the other one that obviously is, is as you mentioned, is Chris Herndon. It's just the same thing as Mims. He hasn't done anything to separate himself, which is why the Jets are now using Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft ahead of Chris Herndon. Now, what I will say is that Herndon did flash today. He made a brilliant catch up the left sideline from Mike White, where he was twisting and kind of made the grab here and then fell to the ground, jumped up and kept running down. So he has more physical talent than Croft or Griffin. Uh, if he can get mentally checked in, he'll be a really good fit in an offense that wants a receiving do-it-all tight end. I think he has more potential to crack that starting lineup and make a difference if he can just get his head on straight. Mims is the other one that's like, I don't, um, um, my, my biggest issue with Mims right now, and this is from talking to people both in the building and people who have watched him play that know a lot more football than I do, is he just doesn't create separation. 50-50 balls, he's going to go up there and out-muscle guys, but he does not create enough separation. And he, straight, he doesn't create enough separation with his route running. And this is an offense that prioritizes route running, creating separation in yards after the catch. And it's just not what Mims does well. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Marissa, we're going to wrap things up, but I think you got a question, right, in the chat? Oh, are there a few? I did say that. I said I was going to answer questions. I've said that a few times. I don't know if there's any in the chat. Um, there's just a lot of comments in the chat today, a lot of aggressive comments. So we're oh just going to end this on a lighthearted note. Um, oh, are they mad at me? No, no they were mad. They're still mad at the stream last time early on, but we've moved on beyond that. Yeah, now no, they're just they're, mad at the Jets. I think they're, they're mad about still mad about that? Situation. Well, just yes. a few comments, but mostly mad at the Jets. You've been using that yeah. button, Marissa? No, no, I didn't. I didn't have to kick anyone out. Everyone's yeah. been on their okay. behavior, but. Just so, like, you so know, this, fired up about the start of the season and Zach Wilson not being there. So yeah, lots of true. different takes on that. But let's end on a on a food note because that's your uh, uh, that's your bread and butter pun intended. Yeah, and on a negative food note because we still don't have spreads back. And I gotta give Daryl Slater a big a big <laughs> shout out here. The he used to cover the Jets. Now he's kinda like a he covers the NFL for the Star Ledger, but comes out to the Jets and we had our pre-training camp meeting with the Jets media relations staff, just kind of this is where you're gonna park, this is how conferences are gonna work, this is how player access is gonna work, like the whole like shebang. And then they're like, you guys have any questions? And Daryl came in and he goes, what's the food spread going to be like? So I got to get, he jumped the gun on me. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I should ask that or not. We are not. <laughs> if Zach wasn't going to be there, what's the, what's the food yeah. spread going to be like? What's the food spread? That's, re- that's reporters. Yeah, reporters going to report. Yeah. The Jets have not fed us yet. And the Jets will, because of COVID restrictions, there is no food spread. And it is very upsetting because the Jets kitchen staff and the way the Jets feed us in normal times is top tier next level awesome including some of the best soups i've ever had in my life i mean it is legitimate really 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 good food and it's it's upsetting to not have that there so unfortunately my lunch spread today is there's a panera up the road from the jets kind of hightailed it out of there pretty early got myself a, a green goddess salad or whatever they call it uh dressing on the side and no bacon and uh i got a nice little diet coke and um i had a, a veggie soup with it as well so i kind of took my computer wrote in panera and stuff like that because unfortunately press conferences are back in-person access is back one-on-one interviews with players is back jets food spread not back yet but i I heard it's it it could be back for the regular season which i'm hoping for they're saving Um, some money to make up for the offset language in zach wilson's contract (laughs) (laughs) bring back lunch um real quick two questions um any interest in blake bortles uh, yet, there was some comments you, about that earlier. 
Yeah, so I have not heard that yet just because he was so recently released. Uh, he's not exactly like a scheme fit for what this offense would be, but he does have experience, and I would just absolutely love to cover Blake Bortles because if anyone has seen the interview that he gave with Barstool that they started releasing when the Jaguars won on that AFC championship run where like he, I don't know the name of the woman who was interviewing him, but when I tell you this guy was the definition of a bro, like I would love to just sit him down and just talk just after watching. I mean, that was one where Tim, I don't know if you've seen this, but it was, he's sitting there and he has a wine cellar and he had a wine cellar in his house in Jacksonville beach. And this girl goes like, Oh my God, is that a wine cellar? And they walk in his door. He opens up like that. It's like a mil, one of the million one liners that he has opens up this hole in his floor and he walks down to the wine cellar and she goes like, wow, I didn't know you drank wine. What's your favorite wine? He goes, came with the house. <laughs> so he's, he's got like this, like, I thought you were going to say red. Oh, like, what's no, your favorite wine? No. Red. He goes, but he went worse. Came it came with the house. Oh, it's like, the, I mean, there must have been thousands and thousands of dollars worth of wine, let alone how much it costs to have a wine. So like, they goes, came with the house. And, like, wow. she's talking to him by like, like, he shows like the bedroom. It's like basically like an old MTV Cribs episode. And he goes, she's like, uh, so what do you do? Like when you first wake up in the morning, he goes, I, I pee. It's like, it's like, just the most it's the most amazing down to earth just bro interview in the entire world so i i don't know if the i, I gotta check in on that i don't know if the jets have made any calls to blake portals but i really hope they did because i would love i would love to talk to that guy he really does seem like one of a kind was there one other not like exactly someone i would want to help rear zach wilson i don't know if he's like the, the mentor <laughs> type. he's not that guy yeah i don't think he's the yeah. mentor type but he'd be fun to cover i'll give you that um, that's all in the, in the comments. That's it. For, that's all for we got. Today. Okay. Yes. Okay. But, but tweet Connor, your questions for next episode. If we didn't. Yeah. We're going to yeah, try to take a few. Yeah. We'll try to take a few questions every episode. And just so you know, now the training camp's back, we will be back every week, one episode a week throughout training camp. Once the season starts, we'll be back to our normal two a week cadence, uh, throughout the regular season and the playoffs. I don't know. Whenever the this, I'm just trying to win a game. <laughs> Whenever it ends. So, but that's going to do it for us tonight. You can save 33% off a one-year subscription to the Athletic. Go to theathletic.com/slash/can't wait. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hopefully, next time we talk, Zach Wilson will be in a Jets uniform here in New York. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>